Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. A lot to talk about tonight. Uh, a lot of politics out there. I hate to dwell on politics because it's on TV all, the, all day. It's on the radio. It's in the newspapers. But this is such an unusual presidential campaign that I would be remiss if I did not mention it. I have some things I want to say tonight. Some you'll accept, some you won't, uh, some you'll be happy with, some you'll think I'm, I'm off base. But before I get to it, let me open with a couple of what I believe are happy things uh, that I wish to share with you. Uh, I want to talk first about a girl by the name of Jenny Stevens. I read this story, by the way, in yesterday's New York Times. Jenny Stephen was 16 years old when her father was murdered. He, uh, and she and her mother decided to donate his heart. They lived in Pennsylvania. Arthur Thomas lay in a bed in a New Jersey hospital. Four days from death, he received the heart. That was 10 years ago. Jenny's mother and Arthur kept in touch over the years via Christmas cards and an occasional telephone call. They never met face-to-face, nor did Jenny with Arthur. Jenny was being married. Jenny wanted <coughs> excuse me, Arthur to walk her down the aisle, not in place of her father, as her father in a sense. Her father's heart was in Arthur's chest. This past Saturday... Jenny walked down the aisle on Arthur's arm. When they reached the point where they were in front of the altar and Arthur was to hand her over to her husband-to-be, Jenny raised her hand and placed it on Arthur's chest. She was touching her father. I want to talk about something here in Key West also. We have a local newspaper, Key West Citizen, uh, and it's a daily and they've been running uh, a series here. Someplace, somehow, they found a diary by a man by the name of William Haley. In 1855, William Haley was a prosecutor, like a district attorney down here, a state's attorney. And uh, it's a day-by-day blow of his life in 1855. And, and, and this poor man... Uh, the things he and his family experienced, we don't understand this. It's hard to believe because we don't give these thoughts to certain things. For example, we all know that George Washington and the Revolutionary Army, they were at Valley Forge and it was the winter and they were cold. We may not think they didn't have shoes. Many of them didn't have coats. That the wood was wet from the snow and they couldn't start fires. It's the little details. So let me tell you something about William Haley. He and his wife, Matilda, had a baby. Uh, Matilda was breastfeeding the baby. That's how it was done back then. Matilda ran out of milk. Well, Haley ordered a goat from Havana. And the goat arrived, and they thought they could get the milk from the goat and give it to the baby. The goat was dry. didn't even run dry. The goat was dry. Uh, then they thought, Now, in the meantime, you have to understand, the baby is starving to death. Nothing they can do. Then they found a Mrs. U, H-E-W, and she breastfed the baby for a while. Then she ran out of milk. So... Bill Haley, William Haley, and his wife, they turned to starch and water. 
and they were feeding the baby starch and water, which is very unhealthy, by the way. We know today uh, it'll cause a baby to be satisfied, satiated. The belly will grow, but it's an unhealthy situation. All right. So now they found another woman, uh, a Spanish woman, and she said, I will breastfeed the child three times a day. Now, that's where we are in the saga of William Haley, Matilda, and the baby. Think how easy we have it today. If a mother's breastfeeding and she runs out of milk, very simple. You go to the drugstore, you buy formula. You open the cans of formula, pour it in a bottle, put a nipple on the bottle, and the baby's fed. They didn't have that back then. And babies would die if the mother ran dry. I think it's an interesting story. I admire how much Bill Haley keeps going out to find a woman or even a goat to feed his child. Uh, I also worry that before this child gets to be one year old or two year old, this child's going to die. I don't know. It's a day by day blow, but it's a very interesting saga, and I'm glad the newspaper's running it. Now let's get to politics a bit. I'm going to start with Congress, not Trump not Hillary. I want to start with Congress. The Wall Street Journal, oh, 10, 12 days ago, ran an editorial titled, What Has Congress Ever Done for Us? Now, it's a Republican newspaper. I enjoy reading it. I read the Wall Street Journal every day. Amongst the, I read the New York Times also. I get both, both sides of the story. And uh, I, was at this, I found this editorial quite interesting uh, because we know that this Congress in the past year and a half has really done nothing. They have done nothing. Uh, they veto the president's bills. They're not for anything the Democrats are for. Nothing's getting done on either side. But here's what the Wall Street Journal said about what has the GOP Congress prevented. It wasn't what they did, but they thought it was a big deal that the GOP, the Republican Congress, was able to prevent the following from becoming law, like universal pre-K, gun regulation, a $15 national minimum wage, an Obama bailout for insurers, equal pay regulation, more disclosure of campaign donations, free community college, a new infrastructure bank, and closing of the prison at Guantanamo. This was a big deal. This is what the Republican Congress accomplished. And those items, with the exception of maybe one, I agree with all of them. They were all good things. Who could argue with these items? Uh, but this is what our Congress, what the Republicans, since Obama got elected, they decided then, I don't know, because he was black or he was a Democrat, but nothing was going to get through this man if they could help it. And he's done a good job, I think, even though the Republicans have oppressed him. So let me get into this election. Let's start with Trump. This guy's a beauty. <laughs> Thank, I've been against him ever since he started. I'm sorry to say it, but it's the truth. If you listen to the show and read my blog uh, that, that I write daily, I thought he was a disaster from day one. Anyhow, I listened to Trump yesterday. Uh, he spoke about, he was in Detroit. Yesterday was Monday, and he spoke at noontime uh, before the Economic Council in Detroit. 
And I was very, very impressed in a, neg- a negative sort of fashion. He, said, he was cutting taxes all over the place, personal taxes, corporate taxes. Everyone and everything's taxes were going to be cut. And they weren't just going to be cut. He was cutting them radically. And the thought occurred to me, how do we run the country? How do we run the country? How do we pay our government? How do we pay our armies? I mean, how do we keep our wars going? I mean, there's going, no, there's going to be no money to run the country. The guy's crazy. Which now brings me to today. It's like he's good for one thing a day. Today was really good. Uh, I was listening to him uh, again when he spoke about Hillary and the NRA, the Second Amendment. Uh, you know, he says, Hillary gets elected. Got to watch out. She's going to appoint those Supreme Court judges, and the first thing they're going to do is overturn the Second Amendment. They are going to eliminate the Second Amendment. She's either going to do it legislatively or through the Supreme Court. And then he he came up with something, and this is how it hit me. He said something to the effect, I thought, that in order to stop her, certain people in this country were going to get her. And all I could envision was a raid in the middle of the night. People with their guns drawn who thought she was trying to eliminate the Second Amendment, and they were going to take her in the middle of the night, like the Ku Klux Klan in anger or something. All of a sudden, this thing started breaking on the news. I thought it was crazy to think this. My impression, my interpretation had to be wrong. It wasn't wrong, because this is what everyone seems to think, except the, few, the handful are trying to support Trump uh, with another faux pas on his uh, part here. And this is what it comes down to. Here's what he said. Listen to this. And I quote, by the way, if she gets to pick judges, nothing you can do, folks. Although the Second Amendment people, maybe there is, I don't know. But I tell you what, that will be a horrible day. To me, that sounds like if she tries it and they think she's going to be successful, they're going to get her and they're going to take a forceful means to get her. This guy's crazy. He is a sociopath. I've had experience with a sociopath, a for real sociopath. I know what a sociopath is. This man doesn't know what he's saying. He thinks that everything he's saying is true. He believes that everyone understands and accepts what he is saying. He doesn't care what the newspapers say about him and how he's starting to lose in the polls. All he knows is he sees 10, 15,000 people out there every day listening to him, and he's going to be a winner. All this other stuff is crap. It is not true. So this is his latest problem. He's losing everybody. He's losing everything. Uh, it would be an absolute disgrace for this for this man to become president of the United States. He would have us in war. I heard a mention someplace yesterday, and it was from some commentator on TV. My my television is on all day, regardless of what I'm doing on uh, a news channel. I go to I go to Fox, I go to M, uh, M, 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 S, M, M, MNBC, I'm sorry, MNBC, and I get both sides of it. And uh, yesterday, the big deal was, the big deal was yesterday, where is it in my notes? I forgot. I apologize. It happens when you're 81 years old. Uh, that, uh, oh. His followers, 
I apologize, but I forget on occasion. His followers are Archie Bunkers. Remember Archie Bunker? His followers are Archie Bunkers. And if you think about it, it is true. Which now brings me to Hillary. I mean, no one is without sin. Uh, my, my, my adverse comment regarding Hillary is really meant as in positive fashion for the good of the United States. It is suspected, and Trump has not picked up on this. He's got to be aware of it or nor used it yet. Hillary may be sick. Hillary Clinton may be sick. Somehow she's got some damage to her head, brain damage from a fall or something else. About a week ago on the Internet, I saw a clip of her where for about 20 seconds. All of a sudden, her eyeballs were flinching. Her head was rocking. Uh, in the last day or two, I read somewhere on the Internet that they had to help her up a flight of stairs in a home. Uh, I also recall reading during the debate, we recall during the first debate, she left the stage for a few minutes, and when she came back, they asked her where she was, and she says, bathroom break, I'm a woman. Well, they said she had a problem there. Uh, they're saying now. Uh, it's interesting that there's been no exchange of medical records in this campaign. We always have the medical records uh, examined to see how our candidates are doing. I hope nothing is wrong with Hillary Clinton, but if there is, the people have a right to know and should know. I mean, if we don't want to put it not like Trump in office, we've got to worry if we've got a woman that may be sick with a head problem. So I'm just throwing this out. It's out there. It hasn't developed yet. I suspect at some point it will. Uh, now, Peggy Noonan. I'm still with politics, my friends. Peggy Noonan and her column in this weekend's Wall Street Journal. She came up with a word I had never heard before. Perhaps you have. I hope I pronounce it correctly. Cacistocracy. Cacistocracy. K-A-K-I-S-T-O-C-R-A-C-Y. Cacistocracy. She was applying this term to both Trump and Clinton, though her long column was 85% Trump and 15% Clinton. She was applying that term to both. Seems that the term is of Greek derivation, and what it means is that government by the worst of persons, government by the worst of persons, by the least qualified, or the most, or the most incapable. Isn't that amazing? Unprincipled government by the worst, the least qualified, the most unprincipled. And she applied it to both of them. Uh, she may be correct. She, there's no question. She is correct. The, the, the degree between the two is, is uh, there's a gross separation. I think <laughs> Trump is grossly a nut, uh, and his wrongdoings are, are much bigger, much larger, more than anything Hillary has been responsible for, which brings a thought to my mind. When the hell are we going to stop expecting our presidential candidates, people in their 60s and 70s, to be signed and pure, never to have committed a wrong in their lives, never to have made a wrong judgment in the exercise of their everyday judgment? It's impossible. 
doesn't happen. And we've got to stop looking for that 100% pure person. Does not exist. The last one that did was Jesus Christ, and he's been dead for 2,000 years. Which now brings me, I'm still with politics, uh, <laughs> the Libertarian and Green parties. They both want to get in the debate. Don't blame them. 15, they need 15%. This, there's a commission that schedules presidential debates a year in advance. They have nothing to do with either party or there's representatives from both parties. They're beyond influenced by either party. And they said a year ago, minority parties are welcome to participate in the debate. If they get 15% of, they have 15% of the anticipated vote prior to the election. Well, neither have it yet. The Libertine Party may make it. Uh, they went to federal court. We, we don't hear much about this, but a federal judge in Texas made a decision last Friday. And the, they were saying, and I don't know, I'm a lawyer, but I don't know how this applies. They said it was uh, a violation of the antitrust law for both of them, both parties, to be precluded from the presidential debates. The judge says, Antitrust law has no application here. The court has no basis for rendering a decision in your favor, and so they lost. Uh, their last hope now is to get 15% of the uh, anticipated vote. Which brings me, whoopee, where are we going? Which brings me to Venezuela. I want to give you an update on Venezuela. I do this every week or every other week. They are in dire straits, socialistic country. Government's paying for everything, uh, much more than this country wants to do, based on Sanders and Hillary Clinton's uh, program. Uh, but they've been socialists for so long, government paying for everything, they ain't got no more money. They're broke, broke. At the same time, unfortunately, Venezuela has a very corrupt government. The country is really run by the generals. Nicolas Maduro is a figurehead. He is the present president. They've been running out of food, as you know, uh, and it's been quite bad. Uh, they went, there's no work. You work one or two days a week because they can't keep the plants open, because they can't provide the electric power, because they never took care of their electric machinery to generate the power. Nobody's really working. No one has any money. And they never grew food. They imported all their food. This Chavez said many years ago, you don't have to worry about food. We're going to buy it from other countries. We've got so much money from the oil. And he did at the time. And so people became accustomed to going to the store and buying whatever food they needed. And they were getting a check from the government also every month because Chavez had uh, nationalized the oil uh, wells and the oil reserves and the oil factories, screwed everybody like Esson and Mobile. And he was sending them checks. Wonderful life. Ain't that way anymore. Things were, had become so bad, people were eating garbage. Then, about three weeks ago, uh, it was reported that people were eating their pets, their dogs and cats. They were killing and eating them. That's how desperate they were for food. And some of them didn't kill and eat their pets. What they did, though, they could no longer afford to feed their pets. You can't feed your children. How can you feed your dog? So they were dropping the pets off on highways. They were abandoning them. And other people would come along and pick them up and slaughter them and eat them. Then last week, the news comes 
that people are literally going into the zoos at night and stealing the animals. And they're eating zoo animals, uh, all kinds of zoo animals. And the worst came sometime last week. I think it was Friday night. Uh, Caraco, Bigasu, middle of the night, people went in, black stallion. They didn't remove the stallion. What they did was take some parts of the stallion. When the zookeepers opened up in the morning, all that was left of the black stallion was his head and his ribs. That's how bad things are down there, folks. They don't have milk. The kids are, are living on starch and water, which is very unhealthy. I already told you that about William Haley's baby over 100 years ago being fed that way. This is the country that three years ago, this is how I hooked onto it and started talking about them. The first thing that happened under Maduro, he ran out of toilet paper. No question, toilet paper is a necessity of life. They are still out of toilet paper in Venezuela. Okay, now that's your Venezuela update. I want to talk for a moment about the German persecution of homo. Sexuals, German persecution of homosexuals. I, my column last week in Conk Life, I read a weekly column for a local newspaper, was the German persecution of homosexuals. Uh, Germany started, uh, oh, screwing around with the homosexuals, bad word, persecuting the homosexuals in 1871. They were passing anti-homosexual laws. Nobody enforced them until Adolf Hitler, <laughs> all right, in the early 30s. Uh, for political reasons, he killed his friend Rahm, Captain Rahm, and all of the SA. Uh, political reasons, again, they were homosexuals. That's the reason he used. And then what happened in Germany uh, between that time and through the Second World War, that homosexuals were arrested. It got so bad, homosexuals walking on the street didn't even look at each other for fear someone would say, look at the way they're looking at each other. They must be homosexuals. Arrest them. And when taken before the court, they had a choice, castration or jail. Then it became castration and a short jail term. Then it became castration or the concentration camp. Those, they, many got castrated. Those that went to the concentration camp, it was no deal, as it turned out, because once they were in the concentration camp, they were castrated. Now, World War, 1945, World War II effectively is coming to an end. The Allies, including the United States soldiers, we freed the concentration camps. We let the Jews out. We let the gypsies out and everybody else. You know who we didn't let out? Our people, the French, British, Russian, and American governments in 1945 didn't set free from those concentration camps the homosexuals because it was their opinion, including our government, that homosexuals had violated the German law. It was against the law to be a homosexual. Well, they were... They were against homosexuals, too, these four countries, including ours. And what they did was they sent the homosexuals to jail now. This is the war is effectively over. Concentration camps are open. These poor people have been there for four years, letting them out. And they sent the homosexuals to jail, uh, claiming they had to fulfill whatever their terms were, were that were given them at the time they were sentenced either to jail or a concentration camp. Now, I think that sucks. That's terrible. 
And this went on, and they were persecuted, the Jews, through sometime in the 1970s. And it wasn't until 1982 that the Germans finally recognized that they had committed a wrong. Uh, that's the story I wrote about in much greater detail. I think it's a gross injustice what occurred to them I, from two perspectives. The castration, number one, and number two, that when the concentration camps were open, they were not able to go home. They were not set free. They had to go to jail. Okay, now I'm going to talk about briefly some crazy things that are happening in this country. Non-political. Ohio. Ohio, by a decision of their highest court, has in effect said that it's all right for police officers to have sex with minors. Minors or anyone under the age of 16 in Ohio. Police officers can safely have sex with minors. What happened here from a factual perspective? A police officer in, un in uniform, 3 o'clock in the morning, went into a family home. The boy was 14. Apparently the police officer and the boy had talked earlier. The boy let the cop in the house. Then they went in the boy's bedroom, 14 years old. The officer took off his clothes. The mother hears noise. She comes in, and there's the police officer. He was in his 30s, and her 14-year-old son, they're having sex. Well, obviously she calls the other police. He is arrested, and... The highest courts, he was convicted, but the highest court set it aside because the law in Ohio that says no sex with minors spells out who cannot have sex with minors, and nowhere in that list are police officers included. Because probably when they drafted the law, they said a police officer wouldn't do something like this. So this police officer who had sex with a 14-year-old, and who knows who else, is walking the street free. Then there's a 13-year-old boy in Arizona. Uh, he was a bit of a pain in the ass in school, 13 years old, and he was burping in class, but it was a phony burp. He was doing it to be difficult, all right? Instead of taking him to the principal's office and chastising him, instead of calling for his mother, instead of doing anything like that, they called the police. They called the police. The kid's a pain in the ass, but they called the police. To me, that's an extreme and he was arrested. And, and number one, it's a valid arrest because the boy was interfering with the educational process. Also, had the police officer been wrong, he had immunity under state law if he made a phony arrest. The laws in our country are getting strange, my friends, very strange, and anti-people, okay? And then there's the mayor here. We have a mayor in, Fair, not here in Key West, in Fairfield, Virginia. Uh, his name's Richard Silverthorne. He's resigned already. Mayor of Fairfield. Uh, the man wanted homosexual sex. He got involved over the Internet. He was offering meth, you know, methamphetamine, meth, a drug, in exchange for sex with men. He wanted group sex. He made the arrangement over the Internet. He did not know these were undercover police officers, and they got him. He gave him the mess, and they arrested him. What's going on? This guy's the mayor of a major city in Virginia. Uh, you know, all people are doing, 
people in high positions is what I'm trying to say seems to be seem to be committing more and more vile acts, criminal acts. Or maybe they aren't. It was always like this, and it's only because now television, the computer, the internet, uh, social media, we are made more aware of what is going on. Well, that is the show for this week. I hope you have enjoyed. I thank you for joining me. This podcast, I love it. (laughs) I love doing this show. I've only been doing it two years. All I know is every week, more and more people are listening to this show across the United States. And more and more the numbers are. And it's gotten so good, as I've indicated in the last couple of weeks, I now have advertisers. I have major advertisers, okay, major companies. I think this is fantastic. Podcast, Block Talk Radio, is has been coming on for the last five years. And they say in five years people will be listening to this on the Internet, just like they listen to a radio. And the radio will go into obsolescence. In any event, it's working for me. It's working for you. I'm thrilled because I enjoyed doing this show. So I thank you again for joining me. Remember, the show is archived. Most of you read the, listen to the archived version on this blog and also on YouTube, and it's also uh, linked up to my Key West Lou Law uh, website. I do a blog every morning, keywestlou.com. Read it, please, because it's got a little politics, but it's got more of my life in Key West, which you might enjoy also. Thank, me, thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week.